0: Welcome back to Half the Battle. I'm your host, as always, Daniel Levy, your co-host, Shaq. We're going to be talking UFC Vegas 42, Max Holloway versus Yair Rodriguez, and Shaq, it's going, it's going down this Saturday night in Las Vegas, Nevada, live at the Apex. You got the best featherweight of all time versus one of the best strikers in the featherweight division also in Yair Rodriguez. I mean, I know the odds say minus 700, minus 800 max, but, I mean, Yair Rodriguez is 8-1 and one in the UFC. He's no hoe, man. He's no pushover. This should be a great fight.
1: Yeah, 100%. It's been a minute since we've seen Yair. I mean, we know he's one of the most dynamic featherweights in terms of the, the striking, especially the kicks. Um, and, and and Holloway, like you said, greatest featherweight of all time. I, I don't think I've ever mixed, missed the Max Holloway fight or a Yair fight, but especially after, after the last one, I think everybody's going to be tuning in. I mean, that last one against Qatar, that was a sight to see. I mean, I was... uh. I was, man, I was, I was blown away. I, I wanted Herb, I had the under four and a half. I wanted her to get in there or, you know, get in there and stop the fight or Tyson and Rob Font to throw in the towel. But, you know, Holloway had to do it, you know, did what he did and just kept putting it on him. And I'm excited for this fight.
0: You know, I rewatched that fight the other night. It should have been stopped on like just multiple occasions, like, man. No,
1: just stop it. <laughs> it's over.
0: I've never seen a performance like that in all my years watching the sport. Max Holloway's had plenty of great performances. The Pettis fight. Uh, The Ricardo Lamas fight, the two Jose Aldo fights, but he took it to a whole nother level. I mean, he broke the record for most significant strikes landed in a featherweight fight in a UFC fight, period, (laughs) in that cater fight credit to the toughness of cater, but God damn, man. I mean, I've never seen output like that in all my years watching the sports shack.
1: Yeah, and that's what he's known for. I mean, I saw it firsthand in in the ATL against Dustin Poya I mean, you know, Dustin had to compete with that featherweight output and that output at, at, in moments was getting to him a little bit, you know, but luckily he had that power to get out of it, but that volume he's got, it, it's a lot. He throws a lot of punches and uh, it gets to these guys, man.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. And with Yair Rodriguez, I mean, we're dealing with a guy who he's very flashy. He's got dynamic kicks. He's got some of the most brutal knockouts in UFC history, whether it's his knockout against Andre Feely, his knockout against the Korean Zombie, which was the latest knockout in UFC history after what was already a fight of the year. Then it turned into a knockout of the year. Yair Rodriguez is a dynamic guy, and it's good to have him back, Shaq.
1: Yeah, that zombie fight is also one of my... um Favorite fights of all time. I don't think it really gets that much recognition in terms of fights being on that level. But that fight was toe to toe. Two guys standing in the middle. You got one guy like Zombie. We already know the type of power he's got. And then Yair throwing spinning elbows and and you know spinning head kicks and jump uh switch kicks. I mean, Yair is one of my favorite featherweights to watch. I, I, but I just wish he would compete more often so we could see him. He likes to take a lot of time in between fights. But maybe we see a big uh, jump in skills here.
0: 100%. So we're going to break down the whole car start to finish. Uh, first up, a couple of housekeeping notes. This is episode 400 of half the battle so huge shout out to all our supporters for sticking with us for 400 episodes and ironically enough Shaq, you became i mean you you were on the show here and there but you became the full-time co-host in episode 143 which which just happened to be yair rodriguez versus frankie edgar so it's pretty amazing it's come full circle the fans that have supported us for 400 episodes uh here's the here's the 400 more my man yeah
1: 100 percent and i frankie that was a while um yeah, that was a while ago. That was um, what card was that? Miocic, Dos Santos, too. Yeah, Masvidal, Maya. Yeah, my, Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Did Dustin fight Eddie that night? Yeah, the yeah. Uh, No Contest one. Yeah, the No Contest, yeah. So, yeah, that was a good, that was, man, that was a long time ago.
0: Yeah, 2017, man. So, the fans, thank you all so much. Uh, we truly appreciate it. And another shout-out that we want to give is today's Veterans Day. So, you know, thank you so much to all the veterans for protecting our freedom. We truly appreciate you, not just today, but every single day. So, thank you very much to all the veterans uh, on behalf of the uh, half the battle. We love you guys.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you uh, serve the country, man, we got a lot of appreciation for you. And that takes a lot of balls, man, to actually go, go down there, whether you're in the Marines, the Air Force, the Army. So um, it's props to you guys.
0: Yeah, we just want to say thank you. So thank you. So we're going to break down the whole car, start to finish. But first up, got to give a big shout out to our sponsor, Bud Crush. So Bud Crush is a cannabis clothing brand. They believe that Mary Jane has always been high fashion and their line is dedicated exclusively to her. Their first crush was Mary Jane, and they've been in love ever since. All their designs are under her influence, and keep smoking Mary Jane, lovers. So, guys, use code BATTLE at BudCrush.com to get free shipping for a limited time. That's Bud Crush with a K. And you guys already know the gear, turns heads, Um, everything they got, the hoodies, the shirts, the the sweatpants, the shorts. Uh, You already know Bud Crush goes hard, Shaq.
1: Yeah, Bud Crush, man, you know, I would have had mine on, but I had to. I had a laundry day this morning, so I couldn't uh couldn't put it out there, but but crush man, he, I mean this 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 clothing like it really does turn heads, it stands out. I mean you're gonna be a standout dude with this uh with the I mean you know with these uh lettering on the arms and things like that. So and you know, if on um Mary Jane smokers, man, you know, I don't call them Mary Jane. I think that's a Cali thing, but you know, we <laughs> we call it something else down here, but still though, you know, you gotta support. You uh you know, your independent guys out here, like my boy Bud Crush, that's uh, you know, trying to make a name for himself. Support him, you know, get behind him and, and buy his clothes and make sure you use uh that uh battle as um your uh what's a discount code. So
0: free yeah. shipping, baby.
1: Well, Shaq, here we go. First up in the light heavyweight division,
0: we got a match between Kennedy and zechuku He's 9-1. He's taking on Daoon Jung, who is 14 and 14-2. And currently, they got a Daun Jung, minus 120. The comeback on Kennedy and Zechuku is plus 100. So this is an unbelievable fight. I mean, you got the number 26 light heavyweight versus the number 25 light heavyweight. Very evenly matched fight. The odds reflect that. What's interesting is that Daou Jung's been the bigger man in a lot of his fights. I mean, he's six foot four. He's got the seventy-eight inch reach, but he's not going to be the bigger man here. I mean, with Kennedy, we're dealing with a guy that's six foot five with the eighty-three inch reach. He's got the longest reach in the heavy uh, in the light heavyweight division until uh, Mister Bones decides to drop back. But if he doesn't, then uh, Kennedy's got that <laughs> got the longest reach and. You don't often see guys with an 83-inch reach. And when this guy puts it together, man, I mean, I can see him going far in this division. And you know what's funny? Not to generalize, but if you told me that a guy from Nigeria was getting into an athletic competition with a guy from Korea, I'd often pick the guy from Nigeria. But this isn't countries we're dealing with. These are individuals. And Daewun Jung is very skilled. He's got great hands. You saw in his last fight, the guy can wrestle as well. But Kennedy and Zetruku, man. Once this guy puts it together, I really do think that he's going to hit the top 15 one day. And I see him just being a matchup problem for a lot of guys that reach his output, his toughness. Most importantly, he's a gritty, tough guy. Even when the technique wasn't there, he was always a tough guy. Now I think that the technique's starting to catch up. Give me Kennedy and Zetrigou to grind another one out, win the second and third round and win a very close decision here.
1: Yeah, you know Daun Jung. He kind of stumbled in that fight with Sam Alvey. wasn't able to get the job done. He was kind of head hunting a little bit too much, and he uh, he paid the price. He he did have a ten eight third round, but um he couldn't defeat Sam Alvey, which I don't want to say is alarming because I think it was due to a uh, just a young um young fighter mistake, but. Yeah, I like Kennedy and Zetchiku as well. I've been um I've been high on Kennedy for a while. Even, you know, before the Paul Craig fight, you know, he stumbled in that one as a lot of people do when they fight Paul Craig, Jamal Hill, Anka Leave, um, um Jimmy uh, not wait not nah, Jimmy Crew beat him. But you know, Paul Craig's got some got some solid wins on his resume. So there's honestly no shame in that he was winning the entire fight. Just Got caught in the arm bar and then he bounced back with that fight against the city kickboxing guy ulberg I mean he d- he displayed his heart there. look this fight's gonna come down to who takes the center and if Kennedy takes the center and starts moving forward, you're gonna have a tough night with a guy eighty three inch reach and you're moving backwards i mean is is gonna be a recipe for trouble and daoun Jung he's definitely got some good hands, but you know I feel like he's been kind of fighting um like, I think that Woolberg win for Kennedy is going to age very well. Same with uh, the Marquez win. Like, I-, I I see both of those guys. I'm, I'm not going to say, uh, you know, contenders or anything, but I see both of those guys getting a lot of wins. As for, you know, Daun Jung, you're talking about, you know, Cadiz Ebrick? I mean, that guy's a bum. Uh, Mike Rodriguez. I mean, I don't even have to have to say that he couldn't defeat Sam Alvey. And then William Knight. You know, William Knight's strong, but, he, you know, technique wise, and he's he, too uh, small. too. He's short. I mean, his technique is bad. So uh, I just kind of feel like Kennedy has a lot more potential moving forward. And I think you can make a, a good a good case that he's uh, better right now as well. I mean, and he's fought tougher guys as well. So I'm going to go with Kennedy and Zechuku as well. I think he's gonna move forward kinda like you were saying, maybe the first round he gets hit with a left hook or two. I mean, Daon Jung does have some good hands. Um, he does come from a good team, Korean top team. So You know, those guys definitely know what they're doing down there in South Korea. But I just think Kennedy, the more comfortable he gets in the octagon, like he's still having success and he's still kind of, you know, timid. I mean, and and it's definitely something you have to worry about. But it seems like the later the fight goes on is when he starts to wake up after Coach Safe starts cussing him out and starts telling (laughs) him, like, Kennedy, you know, (laughs) like come on. And uh, so, yeah, I think that's what's going to happen here.
0: And next up in the lightweight division, we got a match between Mark Jacacy. He's 14-4. He's taking on Rafael Alves, who's 19-10. and And currently, they got Mark Jacacy, minus 185. The comeback on Rafael Alves is plus 160. This should be another great fight. I mean, listen, Mark Jacacy is dynamic. He's athletic. He's fast. He's explosive. Um, He's another guy when I think... When he puts it together, I think that he's got top 15 potential, too. It's just about the mental catching up with the physical. And also, not to mention, he's taking a lot of tough fights, man. Um, but he's a guy that I know has got the heart. I mean, I, I go back to that fight against um, the, the German kid where it was one-to-one going in the third round. He gets the takedowns. And German
1: this was... The Oh, the Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, this was back in the day. That's when I knew Mark DeCasey had the hardest, just he had to put it together um technique-wise.
1: It, is he Polish? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he ain't been in the UFC a long ass time. <laughs>
0: but uh Mark DeCasey I mean look, dude, he's been fighting tough guys, hack harass Rafael Fazif. And this is another tough fight, too. Rafael Alves doesn't have the name, but, man, he's got the experience. Um, this is going to be his 30th pro fight. With Rafael Alves, you got to look out for the fact that this guy's got a nasty guillotine. This guy hits like a truck. Ask Demir Ismagulov how hard Rafael Alves hits. Demir Ismagulov will never forget the night he hit. Uh, he fought uh, Rafael Alves. So, I mean, March Casey just has to mind his P's and Q's. But, man, I think he's got a big speed advantage here. I think he's got a big athletic advantage. He's just got to he's just got to minus P's and Q's with that experience. And I think he can come out here to win this decision. So give me March and Casey to get it done.
1: Yeah, man, this is a tough one for me. I, I think it could be a line closer, to be honest. Um, I, I actually like Alves. I liked him on contender series. I know he's had the he tried to cut to 45. I don't know why he did that, but i'm not convinced that casey has that much of a speed and an explosiveness advantage man this guy Alves, i mean this dude is an athlete we're talking about doing double flips in the air i mean this guy is just a matter of his cardio uh if he can um maintain it for three rounds um the casey like you said kind of has proven he can um get takedowns my issue with the casey is kind of uh man I feel like the potentials kind of run out a little bit I don't I don't ever see him getting back to well he was never top 15 to begin with um or top 20 or 25 I mean he he was never that um I, I, I'm not convinced man I I think uh you know he did he did display a lot of heart against Fazeev and um Fazeev has a lot of power but I feel like the Casey I don't want to label him a front-runner but I think when things are going his way, he fights very well. But when things aren't going his way, you'll see a guy that will back up and you will see a guy that, you know, might not be willing to necessarily get in there and get dirty, man. Like Rafael Alves, you know, he was firstly, we already know how the weight cut went. And then he's fighting a technical boxer that can maintain his punch count like Ismagulov. And I mean, he, he displayed his heart, man. He see, he, he hung in there, rocked Isma Gulav, And I think that was under the... Some of the worst circumstances that you know he, I mean, he could have possibly been in. So I think if, if I don't know Rafael, he kind of seems like a wild man. I know he trains at MMA Masters, but if he's in shape, if he's coming into the into this fight, you know, one hundred percent prepared, I, I see this being a dog fight to the end, and I think it's gonna come down to who's tougher, man. So I'm actually gonna go on the other side. I'm gonna take Rafael, the turn Alves to get the win, um, kind of maybe win the first two rounds and maybe slow down at the end, but. I I don't know if you can trust the Casey at this line. I mean, it's been proven that you can break this guy. You can push him back. Um, I know there were some high level guys, but I think uh, Rafael Alves just doesn't really have the uh, the experience in the UFC yet to 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 have his name value on like a hack like Hackbaras worked him easy like, and I've seen Hackbaras struggle against some other guys. So I think uh, I think um, I'm I'm gonna go with Rafael Alves.
0: Let me say this regarding the cardio thing. Rafael actually won. Round three, uh, of that Ismagulov fight, he was hurting Ismagulov bad in round three. So maybe he's worked on that cardio thing. He just kind of got off to a slow start, which is kind of you know, it's not easy to get off to a good start against Ismagulov, as yeah. you know.
1: Ismagulov, I mean, I I know he missed weight the other week. I don't know what the hell was. Ismagulov was coming off like four surgeries, man. So. uh I hope he gets his shit together as well
0: i'm sure he will he kid's a stud now next up in the flyweight division we got a matchup between courtney casey she's nine and nine she's taking on liana jojua who was eight and four and currently they got courtney casey minus 240 the comeback on liana jojua is plus 195 so uh listen i would personally never lay minus 240 on courtney casey but at the same time you know jojua there's a lot of red flags man um Getting finished by Sarah Moras. Um, Now, she did look improved in that Maverick fight, but at the same time, she also got her face broken and got finished in the first round. So it, it's one of those things where it, it's tough because you can't lay minus 240 on Courtney Casey. She's got horrific takedown defense, and that fight IQ is very questionable. But she's also beat a higher level of competition, beat Angela Hill, finished Random Marcos in the first round. I see her kind of being stronger here, but it, it's tough to call. What do you think, man?
1: Yeah, you know, this is these are the type of fights I like to stand because I think y'all have heard me get on Jojua in the past. Like, I mean, if you've seen – I mean, we're talking quit jobs. One thing Courtney Casey is she ain't no quitter. Um, takedown defense isn't good, but to be honest, Jojua's takedowns really aren't there. She's more of a – Arm bar off back. Ar- you know, ar- <laughs> arm bar off her back type situation. Uh, I-, I can't recall Courtney getting – I've seen her get rear naked choked, but I can't recall her ever getting arm barred. Um, so, and I think pretty much all of Jojua's wins are by armbar. So, has she ever been armbar? Only in
0: her second profile. In
1: her and by Pearl. 2013. You know, yeah, so she got armbarred in the amateur stages of her career. Um, other, I mean, other than that, she's proven to be a tough out. You know, she, I mean, look, you know, and, and when she's losing to these girls, she's losing to, at, at, for the most part, at some point where relevant. So... I got to go with Courtney Casey here now from a betting side of things. I would never play her at that uh, <laughs> <laughs> that line. I would never play Courtney. I mean, she's got a losing UFC record Um, and we'll see if Jojua, cause there is a path. She's got to work on her takedowns and see if she can um, win two of these rounds. But I, I question the heart of Jojua, but time, time can heal some of these things. She's been out for a while, but you know, like you were saying with the Maverick fight, did she really look better or did she actually just get absolutely stomped on? Like, like, I mean, she tried, I guess, to to bang, but, uh, you know, I felt like they almost gave a false representation of uh, Maverick as well just because of how much of a punching bag she was. So I think uh, I'm going to go with Courtney Casey. It's going to be a, a a dirty fight from a betting things, uh, side of things. I mean, you like, Courtney might make her quit throughout the uh, – at some point, but I think Jojua might get off to an early start. So, uh, yeah, I, from a betting side of things, I, I do think there could be some value. It's just – I've seen this girl quit multiple times prior to the UFC against Sarah Moras. Um, I mean, where like she was in full mount and then flopped to her back and got <laughs> stomped and got and smashed on. Like, I'm not even joking. Like, um, <clears throat> I'm not even joking. Like go to her fights and fight fight night global. Like, you know, but maybe, maybe, you know, she's, uh, she's been training. She's been training with Mirab at, at, at syndicate, you know, maybe, Maybe she comes out here much tougher, much improved. Um, we'll see. So, but I'm—I gotta go with Courtney Casey. She's just beating actual real people. So,
0: yeah. I mean, I feel you, man. It's just tough to back her at a minus two forty yeah, prize. Never, so. Yeah,
1: I would never, ever bet Courtney Casey at, at that uh, line. It's so—I was so mad because Courtney Casey was like at this line against. She was matched up against Priscilla, and she was like minus two forty or two sixty. I was looking to. Uh, <laughs> I like
0: Priscilla there.
1: Yeah. And my girl priscilla's got a fight coming up soon keep an eye out is she fighting again Uh jillian
0: oh i like that now next up in the featherweight division we got a match between sean woodson he's eight and one he's taking on colin anglin who is eight and two and currently they got sean woodson minus 320 the comeback on colin anglin is plus 250. so anglin i mean i think for regional scene standards he's got good volume he's got decent wrestling he's a tough guy I just kind of felt like that last fight against Melsick. Listen, Melsick's a really tough guy, and Melsick's gonna go far, but I think Melsick kind of exposed him. Melsick kind of let him know that the kid still needs a little bit of seasoning before he's quite ready for this level. And then now he's taking on Woodson, who is a matchup problem. He's six foot three in the featherweight division. Let's see, let's see what his reach is. I bet it's like 75 inches, 79 inches. Holy shit. This guy's six foot three with a 79-inch reach, Shaq. Um, so he's a matchup problem. And in, in addition to that. He's been in there with tested and proven guys. He's got that win over Terrence McKinney, knocked him out, overcame adversity in that fight as well. He's been in there with Kyle Bochniak and beat him, been in there with Julian Arosa and knocked him down, had to take his first L, but Julian Arosa is a very experienced guy beat use of Zal. So I mean these are dog fights. This is a different level than Colin Anglin. I think here he can come out and kind of just have his boxing clinic maybe you know stuff some takedowns early maybe maybe get taken down early, get back up and then make the guy pay. So give me Sean Woodson to come out here and and get a big win and have a nice performance.
1: Yeah you know I, I gotta agree um I like Woodson you know long term um definitely still you know working out some kinks in the game Colin England hey he fought Melsick like a man unlike the kid this past weekend cuz that kid my <laughs> god I was like dude like somebody take a point like he, he what's his name um Bruno, Bruno Souza yeah. I was like man this kid is he going to engage or what but I think uh yeah, I kind of see this fight similar to the Zalaw fight man just I mean they I think they're, they're coming from Colin England's coming from that camp as well um what's an E message? Factory X yeah Colin okay I think was factory X He, um Woodson, he messed up the last fight, but you got to understand, uh, not the last fight, but the the one against Juicy J, but you got to understand Juicy J's got like five times the amount of fights <laughs> that he does, so way more experience. and. And, I mean, Woodson, I think he underestimated him, didn't Like what I say, a a young fighter mistake. He probably thought he was going to run over Juicy J real easy. And it looked like he was, but, uh, (laughs) you know, he got tired and he got tapped out. So I think he went back to the gym, worked on those things, fought a black belt in Yusuf Zalala's next fight, stuffed the takedowns. Now he's got to worry about what... Colin England's going to try to do here. I'm sure the game plan here is to stall, wall, and and hug, and you know, close the distance and try to eke out a decision because they know what's going to happen if they strike. Um, and, and and I think Watson can can at least stay upright i mean he stayed upright for the most part against uh use law he just he did that's why it was a split decision just because the amount of time Yusuf had him hugged and you know uh, against the side of the fence so he just got to worry about that i mean england's gonna try to hug hug you bro for a decision you gotta be have a little sense of urgency and i think he will man after that last fight the way he closed that fight out down the stretch i think that was a sign that this kid's here to stay like you said he, he beat terrence mckinney um Face adversity in that fighty and like I said, that Juicy, I mean, Juicy J has proven to be you know quite the competitor. I mean, Juicy J is out here finishing Landwehr, finishing Air Jordan, um, finishing Woodson. I mean, uh, I mean, um, Juicy J can fight, man.
0: Yeah, if you if Juicy J doesn't get knocked yeah, out, he's I gonna mean, be he in a tough fight every
1: fight, but he he comes to fight, like, make no mistake about it, like
0: another thing i want to say about woodson is this is his 10th pro fight, and i say this all the time with these young kids who have had 10 pro fights or less you're going to see these huge leaps every single time they fight and i understand anglin he's had 10 pro fights as well this is his 11th fight but like i said at the beginning i think it's a different level
1: i think um anglin was one of the cases where i didn't agree with him it was a lot of i honestly i don't want to say i stopped watching the contender series i'm just a lot more busy these days but you know i like his fight i really didn't i know it was an exciting fight he fought some uh i don't even think the kid was from russia but some from some you know country close to russia like belarus or something i don't know but the kid he fought man was unimpressive to me man like i i just like he threw threw a few spins but his overall game was honestly just not good to me and england was going to war with this guy and and i and i just felt like to me like for any, anyone that's been watching the sport for a long time man you could just i could just tell england wasn't right i was like man he needs more time man he is not ready for the ufc just like these kids like alexa Moore and the kid he knocked out um who's fighting Ober. like he's not ready for the ufc and i feel like sometimes the the, the managers kind of make mistakes like like I feel like England's manager is making a bad mistake here. Like uh, I don't know. I'm sure, I'm a, I'm a guessing it's a Iridium, but I, <laughs> I think it, it is. It, like if I'm England, like bro, we need to get better. Like you just got knocked out a few months ago. Like and you're fighting another a 79 inch reach featherweight. Like I I don't know, but <laughs> you know, like and, and, uh, same thing with that girl uh, Godinia. Is like I think her manager is like dude, like. Like, because they're under the impression that they they won these fights, um, against you know, Panay and Luana Carolina, and it's like ah, they don't get it, you know. So, oh, hopefully, England can because it's like if he gets comes out here and gets stopped again, where does he go from here, you know?
0: NFC <laughs> now, next up in the flyweight division, we got a matchup between Cynthia Calvillo, she's nine and three, she's taking on Andrea Lee, who was 12 and five, and currently they got. Andrea or Cynthia Calvillo minus 140. The comeback on Andrea Lee is plus 120. I mean, I think it's pretty clear where both their strengths lie. I mean, they're both decently well rounded, but it's pretty damn evident that Andrea Lee has a striking advantage. And Cynthia Calvillo, she's one of these ladies that she'll get on top of you and you're not getting her off. She's got a nasty back mount. She's got a nasty rear naked choke. Her ground and pounds on point. So. You think Andrea Lee can keep this standing, or you think uh, Cynthia
1: is going to come out here and get this to the mat? Another tough fight, man. Another tough fight. Um, to be honest, I haven't always been the highest. Um, to be honest, either. Um, I, I respect Cynthia's ground game, but I've always thought she was a little overrated, man. Like i cause like when you look at some of her past fights, like Courtney Kate, like she's these are eek eek out decisions. Joanne Cowderwood barely eked out the Marina fight. I mean, she honestly got whooped on for two rounds, and and just came back and, and um, you know, had the 10-8 third round. But I think her, career, you know, she's got some good wins, but I don't see her. I think she's trending down, man. I know she just fought Chukagian and you know the number one and two girls in that weight class, but she had nothing to offer those girls. And I know she beat Jessica I, but Jessica I, in my opinion, is on her way out of here. Like I think uh, Jessica I, I mean she I, I just don't see her sticking around much longer she's becoming a punching like jessica i's face is a bloody mess every single fight um so i don't see her sticking around so i'm I'm really questioning calvion and this is coming from someone who hasn't been the highest on andrea lee over the years like even when she was fighting um montana and ashley evan smith like i always thought she was a little overrated but the the thing with uh in this fight is it's momentum like there is a chance that you know these two l's i mean she got whooped on in the in the eye fight was not impressive to me at all like i just i just looked like two you know middle-aged women in there you know just just uh you know i mean calvillo it, it, like the pollyanna batelo fight was a submission um but most of her fights are close man um, so I, I view this one being close. It's just a matter of if Andrea can stay upright because on the feet she throws. I mean, she throws a lot like she her volume is very high. Um, she just I think she I think I, I heard some interview where she said she was coming into these fights over trained, man. So she um, let's see if that really is the case because the last one she did look very good. She took care of business. I know it was the um, the other Shevchenko sister who kind of gets whipped on a lot. But, you know, I think um uh, I'm going to go with Andrea Lee, man. I I just think Calvillo's kind of plateaued out. I think Andrea Lee has more room for improvement. I know she lost to Roxanne, and I know she lost to... Um, but I, I kind of feel like, in Andrea's case, is a, another case of, you know, where these fighters, they lose the this close decision where they think that they got robbed and it trickles into the next fight. And, and I think that she didn't really let go of that Lauren Murphy fight. I know that... Um, a lot of people think that she got robbed in that fight, which I disagree with. But I think that, um, you know, her, her issues is just pacing herself in the grappling. I think in this particular matchup with Calvillo, a, a fighter who consistently moves back and not forward, um, she can get off on the volume and be the aggressor in two of these three rounds. Now, I'm sure she will hit the ground, but she's not, you know, a complete, you know, can on the ground. She she can grapple. It's just um lauren murphy and these girls you know fought lauren murphy fought for a title um roxanne that was a bad loss that was a bad performance that's where she was referring to the overtraining thing so we'll see how she looks in this fight um I, i'm gonna take her for the win here by split decision you know close decision um I just think Calvillo's kind of plateaued out, but we'll see. I mean, look, you
0: make a compelling argument for Andrea Lee. I mean, she definitely has the volume edge. The only time we've ever seen Cynthia Calvillo land anywhere near 100 strikes was the Jessica I fight that you referred to. So, I mean, this stay standing, and she has success there. That's where KGB wins. But I'm going to go on the other side, man. I mean, I think that we've seen... Roxanne Monteferri take takedown Andrea Lee four times. We've seen Lauren Murphy land two takedowns. We've seen Joanne Caldwell land two takedowns. We saw Montana De La Rosa in person in Greenville, South Carolina land five takedowns. So I think with uh, Cynthia Calvillo, she only needs one or two to win that round and possibly get a finish. Her ground game is that dominant. So give me Cynthia Calvillo to come out here and and probably win the decision because Andrea Lee is very tough. Now, next up, in the lightweight division and everybody do us a favor and hit that like button hit that subscribe button we truly appreciate it next up in the lightweight division we got a match between tiago moises he's 15 and 5 he's taking on joel alvarez who is 18 and 2 and currently they got tiago moises minus 250 the comeback on joel alvarez is plus 215 Shaq, this should be one hell of a fight between two young hungry studs in the lightweight division man i mean moises is already in the top 15 i believe he is number 15 right now he took down islam in his last fight and he didn't even have to take that fight i mean he took that fight at a you know he, he's, he's the only one that would he's got balls the <laughs> kid's got balls and that's the only time he's ever been finished in his entire career which is a 20 fight career and with Joel Alvarez, this guy is nothing but a finisher. I mean, he's a guy that you think it's a joke because he can't stuff a takedown. Then a second later, you're getting triangle choked by the guy. You're getting swept by the guy. And don't sleep on a stand-up, too, which is improving. And to take it a step further, Joel Alvarez is a big guy for the weight class. He's six foot 3 He's got a 77-inch reach, and he's 28 years old. He's reaching his prime. So he's one of these guys that... A lot of people are going to sleep on, but he's going to come out here and win a lot of fights. I mean, his only loss in the UFC is to Demir Ismagulov. So I think Joel Alvarez has got a very bright future. I just think that right now, Shaq, Tiago Moises is kind of on a different level. He's beat the higher level competition. He's just got to c- come out here motivated. Take this guy to the ground. Joel Alvarez has a 0% takedown defense because he's that damn confident in his, in his guard, in his jujitsu game, which... I mean, he should be. Joel Alvarez is a stud, man. But I think that Tiago Moises might be able to come out here, hand him that second UFC L, and just equal one out here. So give me Tiago Moises by being slightly ahead, but I definitely think Joel Alvarez is talented, and I think he'll be back better.
1: Yeah, man, this is a good fight because I'm, uh, I'm, I like both of these guys a lot. Like, Joel, not a lot of people were high on him coming into the UFC because of his takedown defense, and it kind of reminds me of a lightweight Marlon Vera type of guy. Like starts off slow but later on will um have success but i think yeah, it has to be moises here just be the like the kid has like there's only 26 listen to this like only 26 years old like he's come such a long way in my opinion like from his um from his lfa days and stuff like that like you know i, I think that like he had a lot of pressure on him early on in his career but lately man like and just look at his strength of schedule man like like where, even before the ufc but like like, in the UFC, Dariusha out the gates, uh, Isma Gulov in Russia, uh, Michael Johnson, Bobby Green, like, Bobby Green, Alexander Hernandez, these are borderline top 15, I mean, they were, uh, Alexander Hernandez was top 15, so, um, Bobby Green, this is, like, you saw what Bobby just did to to the real estate agent this past weekend, like, I mean, these guys are, are, are solid, man, and Moises, I feel like he Somewhat of a turned a corner in those fights. Um, the Islam fight, he, I mean, he already knew he was gonna lose that one. He, he's he's (laughs) you know, he just he he literally took it because they said he was the only one. Dana said, Tiago is a stud, he was the only one that stepped up and, and was willing to, um, like he volunteered. He was like, I'll fight him, you know. So props to Tiago Moises, Joel. Look, I like this kid, Joel, a lot, man. I think things are gonna materialize for him at some point, just not this weekend. I think Tiago's just put in too much work too much uh you know time in the gym with Dustin Poirier like he you know they're working very close uh, right now for this fight with for Dustin's next fight and and I think that you know he's just going to keep elevating um elevating his game man I think his striking defense I, I don't think Joel is going to be able to get to his chin one thing I always said about Thiago Unless you drop him with a jab like Isma Gulov did, you're not going to get around to his ears or, you know, his skull. Like the dude has his hands up very tight he, uh, when he throws his kicks, his hands up. like he's very fundamentally sound um and he's kind of got you know (laughs) it's so funny because bisping used to say that he reminds him of tyron woodley in some of his past fights where you just back up on the fence so unless he goes back resorts back to that tendency (laughs) um i think he should be good here but that you know that that's only when he feels that firepower is like i don't think joel has that type of fire i mean you know joel's doing good right now but you gotta think he fought alexander yakovlev and fucking joe duffy joe duffy you know a guy that was retired and um and I could live out the UFC, man. These guys, you know, are no good. So definitely made them look uh, silly. Definitely show that he's a level above them. But I, I was more interested to see, uh, the, the you know, that Giagos fight. You know, I think that would have been like a more logical step up. I would have definitely had Joel in that fight breaking. I, I definitely think he'd break Giagos' arm or something like that. <laughs> so um, I'm going to go with Tiago. I just think he's putting too much work. 26 years old, top 15 experience. Bobby Green, Hernandez. I uh, you know, I think he'll be good here. Uh, and I see Joel's main path to victory gone. I mean, I highly doubt he submits Tiago Moises. So he ain't no Islam. Don't just cause Islam typed him out. Look, Islam will tap Joel out too. So I think um
0: Islam would tap a lot of people out. <laughs> like, I,
1: I got uh I got Tiago Moises here.
0: Islam's a threat to that title, man. But listen, Tiago Moises, in in addition to that black belt, I mean, his kicks are super hard. His hands are getting better. He's got that shell game you were talking about. His defense is on point. But look, Joel Alvarez also kicks hard. Joel Alvarez has been improving. And Joel Alvarez gives no fucks because he's so uh, confident in his ground game that he's going to go forward and throw everything but the kitchen sink because he doesn't care if you take him down. The issue is that Tiago's kind of on a different level. So... It, it it might come back to bite him in the ass here, so let's see what happens. So we're gonna break down the main card here in a second, but first up, we gotta let you know about our sponsor, Prize Picks. So, in my opinion, Prize Picks is the best daily fantasy sports outlet on the market. I mean, with these other outlets, it's you versus a thousand stat nerds, and you gotta hope to get lucky. And win one of these tournaments with prize picks it's completely different because prize picks it's just you versus their projection so for example last week at ufc 268 their projection for the over under on significant strikes landed for alex pereira was 60. and in my head i'm like there's no way in hell andreas michaelaitis can eat 10 strikes from pereira let alone 60. so you smash that under there And then for the Bobby Green fight against Ally Kinta, I expected these two to stand and bang till it goes to decision or until one man falls. The over-under on takedowns was like either a 0.5 or 1.5. I smashed that under because I didn't think anybody was going to be shooting takedowns. So you just got to go to prizepicks.com, use the code BATTLE for an 100% deposit match up to $100 and take advantage of these projections that you think are off in any sports. You can combine sports. That's the beautiful thing about it. So... All half the battle listeners getting 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the code battle. So Price Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market. You pick two to five players from any sport, and you can win up to 10 times on an entry. Price Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi-entry. It's literally just you versus their projection. Price Picks, like I said, allows mixed uh, sports entry. So this weekend, you can take the over on Max Holloway and you can combine it with the under on Patrick Mahomes. Prize Picks has a slick, easy to use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play. They're rate. You
1: want to be playing Mahomes lately. You know, that
0: <laughs> well, that's why you take the under on Mahomes. <laughs> <laughs> that
1: guy's been, been struggling.
0: Exactly. Um, they got a 4.8 star rated in the App Store with rave reviews. So, guys, check out prizepicks.com and use that code BATTLE for an 100% percent deposit match up to $100. I highly recommend you guys give Prize Picks a try. Um, I think it's the easiest way to win on Daily Fantasy Sports. Now, Shaq, let's break down this main card because first up in the Bantamweight division, we got Song Yedong. He's 17-5. and five. He's taking on Julio Arce, who was 17-4. and four. And currently, they got... Song Yadong minus one thirty five. The comeback on Julio Arce is plus one fifteen. So Shaq, I gotta say, man, I was really damn impressed with not only both of their last fights, but I gotta say, Julio Arce dropping down to featherweight. I mean, excuse me, the bantamweight. That was one of the best decisions he ever made because he was super competitive at featherweight, just kind of slightly outsized. And now this is the proper weight class for him. He's thirty two years old. He's flat out in his prime song and dong is an explosive powerful individual who's also been paying his dues but he's just a kid i know he's been 23 for like the last 10 years shaq 23 26, uh, <laughs> 30. <laughs> so i mean you think that julio arce is about to start a run here or is this is he kind of biting off more than you can chew
1: man this is a tough one because arce did look good that last fight um andre will definitely i think his days were numbered at bantams uh, he's fighting jordan at featherweights now but I mean, he looked good. I mean, wiped him out completely. Um, I definitely did still see some openings for some counters, but same with Song. I, I see this being a close fight, man. I can't really say. I, I just feel like, you know, Song's got more power and Julio's a little more technical. Um, and those Tiger Showman boys, they they can point fight, man. They can point fight. Um, and I think if Song, Song, you know, wants to play a close, a close point game, he might pay the price. But the thing is, Song has got a knack with the cards, man. Like, my boy Song is known to have those cards in his back pocket, a.k.a. Mr. Faber. Mr. Faber has all the connections, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, uh, just ask Macy Barber. Ask some people thought Piva won a robbery. Some people, you know, <laughs> a lot of people think uh, Faber's tied in. But, nah, man, it's one more serious you know, I think Yadong has more forward pressure, but I think his defense is, is – lesser than Arce's. This is going to be a close fight. Uh, I just see it being close. I I think that he does have the power to wobble Julio, you know, a couple times throughout the 15 minutes. But I have I'm going to lean with Song just based for the fact that I think he's going to be slightly more aggressive. I think that, you know, when you look at his last fights, let me just read them off to you. Marlon Vera, which he won and went to war with him and survived to, you know, live to tell that tale. Kyler Phillips, look, you know, he messed up though. He got off to a slow start, and he and the song's still young, he stuff. But I'm not, I'm still not convinced Kyler's a better fighter than million. You know, he he had to learn his lesson there. And the Casey Kinney fight, I mean, those are Cody Stamen the draw before that. I mean, he's still a young kid, man. Um, his last four, his strength of schedule is very impressive. Um, same with um with uh Julio. I mean, he beat Dan Ige back in the day. DeWadu's borderline top fifteen. Um, Juicy J, you know you know juicy J was a lot taller than him but i'm a, I'm gonna go with uh i'm gonna go with song man by a close decision a hard-fought decision um i just think that julio kind of doesn't pull the trigger in moments i know he did against andre Ul, but andre wool is
0: what happened to that guy
1: i mean he was never that you know so i i andre was, i think he's gonna have better success at featherweights um I think that uh, Song's going to come out here and work hard and get off to a good lead. Maybe, maybe you know, hit a hit a wall as he tends to do at times in, in the past. But I just think he's going to the shots that he's going to be landing is going to be like, oh, like very, like very hard. And he's going to sway the judges that way. So I'm going to go with Song.
0: I mean, look, the numbers reflect exactly what you're saying. Song Yudong has got slightly more output. He's slightly more accurate. But. Defense-wise, Julio Arce has got the defense edge. The thing is that when Song Yedong does land his shots, to your credit, I mean, those are impactful shots. He is one of the hardest-hitting bantamweights on the planet, and when he lands, people take notice. So even if he's landing slightly less than Julio Arce, which I'm not convinced is the case, I think his shots are going to be just that much more impactful to sway those judges. I think that the ground game here it's kind of a non-factor in this fight. I don't see either guy grappling. And credit to Arce with that 93% takedown defense. Very, very impressive. But Song Yudong, he has been exposed on the mat. You know, I say exposed. He's never been, like, tapped out or anything. But, you know, he he seems to get back up. He's got a good get-up game. He's training at Alpha Male. I know he's working on his wrestling every single day. So I just see this being that close fight. Look, if you want to take Arce, I'm not going to argue against it because I think he's going to be in there for all three rounds. I just think that the shots of Song are going to impress the judges more, especially in that apex. Not too many people are going to be there. You're going to be able to really hear the shots land. And Song is an impactful dude. So give me Song to to edge this one out slightly. Now, man, this fight right here, next up in the welterweight division, before we talk about this, everybody smash that like button because next up in the welterweight division, we got a matchup between Miguel Baeza. He's 10-1. and He's taking on Chaos Williams, who is and 12-2. And currently, they got Miguel Baeza minus 150. The comeback on Chaos Williams is plus 130. I don't know if you agree or disagree with me, but this is the kind of fight where I don't want any action on it because I just want to sit back and enjoy it. Two of the best prospects outside of the top 15 in the welterweight division, I think these guys are both great for different reasons. You got the calf kick game of Miguel baeza you got the black belt of Miguel baeza you got that raw horsepower of Chaos Williams mixed good, in with his wrestling ability. I mean, <laughs> this should just be an amazing fight while it sure. lasts. Uh, do you have a strong lean?
1: No, um, look, it's gonna be a good fight. I, I think this is a battle of you got Chaos who's. He, he, you know, he, he's dirty. He's, he'll fight dirty in there, man. Not like, you know, kicking nuts or eye gouging, but I mean, he'll get in he'll there. He'll dig like, deep. he'll deal. Yeah. He'll get in there. Like, he'll eat your shot. Like the Simmelsberger fight. He had no respect for Simmelsberger's power and was just like, bro, I'm walking you forward and I'm just going to hit you. And Simmelsberger kept having to shell up because every time he felt that power, it was like, ah, fuck, you know. So, uh, Baeza took a tough lesson that last fight against Pons, but, um, and another young fighter mistake he kind of just you know took his foot off the pedal after uh, wobbling him a, a little bit and but look Ponce has been there and done that at one point Ponce was a top 10 7 you know 6 type of guy one at one point Ponce was scheduled to fight Kamaru Usman um in Argentina I believe or or uh yeah in yeah. Argentina so um you know yeah that's when the whole sickness thing like Ponce woke up in that fight and i think that Ponce Niebio in terms of uh these guys opponents is by far like I think that could be a good learning lesson for Miguel like I don't think he he broke like in comparison to like how Shabazzian has broken <laughs> in his past fights like Miguel he stood in there and he took his licks and you know he may he knows he messed up he knows he took his foot off the pedal but you know I, I'm excited for this fight like I think chaos Like I said, it is dirty. He's willing to get in there and really just try to bomb off on you. But there's openings for counters. His chin is wide up in the air. And Simmelsberger is a little, you know, Simmelsberger is still green. He's still, Simmelsberger's got, like, 10 fights, you know, 10, 11 fights. I know Miguel's somewhere around there, but, um, like, you got to understand, Simmelsberger, Simmelsberger's had one of the, the, like, nicest transitions into the UFC, you can imagine. I mean, that kid's gotten, like, two freebies, uh, (laughs) like, the, the what's the kid he just fought the, the diaz like you just got a free a free check right there pretty much Martin <laughs> yeah, like and jason with 15 seconds of work <laughs> and the other guy he fought in his debut man so you know simmersberger he's still in the early stages of, of his career is where i feel like miguel's been in there with matt brown and and i know what uh, chaos knocked out ruzak and um and alex Murano in his first two fights but i think you know sometimes you can't Gage everything off a quick knockout. We know he's got power, but I feel like when we've seen him in three in three round fights, when he fought Simmelsberger and uh, my boy the dilemma. Uh, I don't even know how to say the that. D- demolador Pereira, my boy Michelle. Shout out to my boy Michelle. That guy, he's got a big fight coming up Holy here shit, next. And he's got to be ready because Buddy could put him out. But I think uh, Pereira is a guy that you know is very focused, but kind of you know exposed him that like chaos is overall other game is just you know i don't want to say average but just you know there's it, nothing to write home about in my opinion i think his hands and his th- you know are are very powerful and look chaos's power is so is so hard i mean michelle pereira had to resort to the takedowns in that fight to, to get the win just because that's how hard the dude hit man so he uh it's okay but i think i think like the gra- the grappling is miguel's i think the calf kick is miguel's i think you know, I think he's just a little more polished, a little more cleaner, but Miguel does kind of have a tendency to get punched in the head sometimes, and like the Matt Brown fight, but I mean, look, Matt Brown's got the most knockouts uh in welterweight history, and he survived that, and Matt Brown's a dog to Barbarino. Wow, but, um, <laughs> but uh, like, I gotta go with Miguel, man, I think he showed heart, I don't think it's like, one of these cases, or like these prospects, where he quit. Like I, I think he stood in there and Ponds, that jab, that jab Pon's got is hard to pick up on, man. The, the way he's setting it up, that footwork, like it's like side to side, and then you know, boom. And I mean, that that jab is hard. I mean, just ask Neil Magny, ask um, you know, some of these other guys that pond like Gunnar Nelson, you know, I ask him how uh, you can't eye poke a chin. So I think uh, I, I, I'm gonna go with Miguel Baez at a kind of expose chaos's holes, man. Like chaos is going to be getting off on threes and fours, but he's going to eat that one big counter. That's going to put him in his place. Can he walk forward? If his calf is in big trouble, Miguel has a real calf kick game, man. So, and not to mention the grappling, Michelle Pereira showed that you can take this guy down too. So I'm going to go with Miguel. He's just got to don't get punched in the head too hard, bro. You have to move. Like Don't don't just let him punch you in the head. So uh, I'm going to go with Miguel though.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, like you said, Miguel's got the calf kick game. He's got the black belt in jujitsu. His hands are getting better. That fight with Pons, I think, was one of the best fights of 2021. I mean, it's right up there. Top five best fights of the year. Incredible war. And for a first L, that was the perfect first L to let this kid take his lessons, come back better. And now it's going to be put to the test because, look, Chaos Williams. I mean, this guy's a physical freak. He's got a 77-inch reach. He can match the output of Miguel Baeza. now. On the flip side, like you said, sometimes there's a bit of that Derek Brunson thing where he kind of does raise that chin, kind of charge recklessly. But I got to say, Miguel Baeza does get hit a lot, too. And the numbers definitely reflect that. Um, He does get hit, according to the numbers, five times per minute. And against a guy like Chaos, you do not want to be getting hit like that. On the mat, I mean, the black belt of Baeza versus the wrestling of Chaos, so chances are it cancels itself out. So these two are going to stand and bang until one man falls. And honestly, I really have no idea who the hell's going to win this fight. I think it's going to be an amazing fight. You took Baeza, so let me make the case for Chaos Williams coming out here and capitalizing on a guy who is too hittable, although both guys are very hittable. But I think Chaos has that slight edge in power, but, I mean, it's not going to surprise me to see a stud like Baeza get back on track either. Both these guys, I think, will be in the top 15 one day, no questions asked. But I think the winner of this fight is going to be in the top 10, so... Let's see, man. This should be an incredible fight. While it lasts, give me the underdog to get it done. Now, next up, I'm curious how this fight got in this spot. We got a matchup between Felicia Spencer. She's 8-3. She's taking on Leah Letson, who's 5-1. and one. Currently, they got Felicia Spencer, minus 350. The comeback on Leah Letson's is plus 260. Um, only thing I'll say about Leah Letson is uh, shout-out to her. She's a veteran. Today's Veterans Day. So thank you, Leah Letson, for your service. But aside from that, Shaq, She's been out for three years. I, I, I don't really know shit about her. I mean, last time I saw her fight, uh Stoja Dinovich or whatever the, the, the girl's name is, like that that was a close, close fight against someone that you should be walking through, my man. Um oh, Stolia Renko, excuse me.
1: Oh, there's a girl that fainting. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, So I I I don't know. I mean, I think that Felicia Spencer obviously she's got big holes on the feet, but on the mat, she is a black belt. She can come out here, get those takedowns, get that top control, possibly get a submission along the way. I mean, Leo Letson is very tough. So maybe maybe not a submission, maybe a decision, but most likely a submission, maybe a ground and pound TKO. Something on the mat is how Felicia gets this done. So give me Felicia Spencer. I just don't feel comfortable laying a price like that on her.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, I know Leah Letson for a while. I know she comes from, actually, you know, she's another case, of, she, but she comes from that gym, um, you know, that Montel, the O'Day gym, the, uh, you know, that Zach Otto gym. I think she left, by the way. She's with uh, my boy, Coach Vonderlay now. So I just saw him post a picture on Instagram. So I was like, oh, shit, he's cornering. Um, did, did, she,
0: did she give a reason why she left?
1: Training Lack of training partners? La- <laughs> training Partners weren't there. Um, she, you know, she needed my boy Telly to show up, but no, nah, I think, uh, yeah, I think you gotta go Felicia Spencer here. Like, I've seen her, fi- I've seen Leah Letson fight, um, BM Malecki, and I mean, it was a bloodbath. I mean, she won, but BM Malecki's trash, and like, she and it was a split decision, I believe. So, oh, that was on tough, or... yeah, on tough, yeah, okay, yeah, I remember um, that. I mean, like, she had a swollen eye, like. Uh, big eyeball and i think she's been dealing with some uh, health issues over these years and she i think she finally got them sorted out so
0: oh she's the one that head kicked elizabeth phillips yeah, remember she, that she knocked out okay. Elizabeth
1: phillips yeah i mean she i'm sure she's solid um she only lost to chazon you know chazon's top 10 so you know but felicia spencer there's no shame in losing to norma like norma is looking solid man like norma throws hard like you know sonda a sonda fighter like I don't think there's any shame in that. Uh, One thing Felicia Spencer has shown is she can take a punch. I mean, Cyborg couldn't finish her. Nunes couldn't finish her. She's One thing she's got is a chin. So I highly doubt Leah Letson. It's just, you know, she doesn't really have any hands. Um, She's more of a a kicker, karate, like point kicker type style. So unless Leah Letson is just coming out here looking where Daniel Vonderlay gave her a some serious jujitsu, but that's Felicia's game, man. Yeah, I got. I think Felicia should take this home, man. The experiences against Cyborg, like Cyborg hit her with some shots. I was like, "Dang, shorty, are you gonna, you gonna go down or like?" Nunes hit her with some <laughs> shots Nunes, too. Nunes was like pounding this girl's head, and I was like, "Damn, like she just ain't gonna quit, huh?" Like, um, but yeah, I think she gets back on track here uh this weekend against the Johnson.
0: And Felicia's got more heart than Edmund Shabazia. <laughs> Co-, in- <laughs>
1: <incline. laughs>
0: Co main event of the evening in the heavyweight division. We got big Ben Rothwell. He's 39 and 13, taking on Marcos Rogerio de Lima Pazau, who is 18 and 7. Currently, they got Ben Rothwell minus 145. The comeback on Marcos Rogerio de Lima Pizau is plus 130. So interesting fight, man, because hojero de lima offensively speaking he brings a lot to the table i mean he's got big kicks his hands are heavy when he gets on top of dudes i mean they tend not to get out the issue is that you even put a remotely locked in choke he doesn't have to be all the way locked in and he will tap quick and the last time i don't remember if we bet him against Struve. we definitely picked him but that's Struve fight you go out there you 10 the guy you oh. drop him in the first 10 seconds and then the fight uh, starts round two and i mean he
1: he quit right away uh, I would so never bet just based on the fact that like i mean he i mean he's an underdog here so let me not say that but a lot of times he's the favorite um unless he's fighting that can sasali or something you know <laughs> but like man you never know you put this your arms around this guy's neck <laughs> it could be a tap tap city and i known ben rothwell to uh tap a few guys out back in the day now i know that's back when he was on his vitamins and when uh he had um when he had his his help and he did get busted twice and i'm i feel like (laughs) ben is a guy that needs that but i actually saw some pictures of him on his instagram like dude's looking dude's looking in shape um man he would have beat felipe Lenz up huh um but yeah i think that ben rothwell man he's that's a under like only the real ones know about my boy big ben like from the ifl days like my boy big ben was a star out there um when he fought um in affliction as well so i mean big ben's been a- around the block for a long time I remember when he made his debut against kane and got smashed on um yeah so i i think uh as far as this fight goes look Dan lima striking wise is much faster much powerful better combos he stays on the feet he, he might knock big ben out but big ben is very tough even though he was losing to these guys he did prove his durability still and uh i think that he is somewhat of a punching bag, but one thing, like I said, man, you put your hands around this guy to neck at any point in time, and it could be tap, tap city. I mean, you got to be holding your breath, but you do have underdog money. Um, he had his last fight. He did show his top game against, okay. uh, against Maurice green, but we, we I think we both, everybody he in him. the UFC, yeah, Maurice Green. I mean, that guy was just, you know, that was bad stuff right there. So <laughs> <laughs> I think, uh, I think that, uh, big Ben loses, pretty much majority of the fight and then at some point Delima Lima hits a wall and taps out so I'm gonna go with big Ben by submission
0: yeah no I, I mean I agree with that I think that the is <laughs> gonna come out here chop down those legs I think he's gonna be the faster guy might even rock Ben Rothwell might even get some takedowns it's just can he keep it up for three straight rounds I know he could keep it up against Maurice Green but Ben Rothwell is a seasoned experience vet he's got a knack for the comeback I mean I know Shaq remembers Back when uh, Big Ben fought Brandon Vera and he lost the first two rounds. And that third round, remember when he did that dance? You know what he was on for that fight? There's <laughs> <laughs> also Flintstone Vitamins uh, <laughs> Deluxe over there. But when Big Ben Rothwell starts to do that dance, that's when you got to look out. And I mean, look, it's not just the Brandon Vera comeback. Even the Josh Barnett fight with that go-go choke. The last fight against you know uh, the kid that knocked out Volante. So Ben Rothwell has a knack for opportunistic finishes. Like I see Rothwell losing the minutes of this fight. I see Jerio being faster, stronger, more athletic, more physical. But at some point, he's going to fuck up like he always does against anyone that's still on the UFC roster. So give me Big Ben via third round go go choke. Main event in the evening in the featherweight division. We got Max Blessed Holloway, the former featherweight champion. He's 22 and six, taking on Yair Rodriguez, who is 13 and two. And currently, they got max-blessed Holloway, minus 760. The comeback on Yair Rodriguez is plus 525. So, oftentimes, you see a plus 500 on Yair, you'd be very tempted. At least I know I would. It's just that Max Holloway, he was already, you know, top two. Some argue the best featherweight on planet Earth. Um, You know, you got to show respect to Volk, beating him twice. That's very impressive. Volk is amazing, but, I mean... Max win that fight. <laughs> Max has got that clear number two spot. He's the number one contender, but he took it to a new level in that Calvin Cater fight. I mean, I've never seen an output like that in all my years watching the sport. Uh, let Let's see what the actual number said for that fight, because like there's output, and then there's Max Holloway, and he goes out there against Calvin Cater Shack. He attempts 746 strikes. He <laughs> He throws 746 strikes. He lands 447 of those. I mean, those are just numbers that are unheard of. And, like, for example, you see a fight between Billy Q and, and Shane Burgos, which, you know, applaud to those guys. That was a fucking unbelievable fight. And you think to yourself, these guys are throwing the entire fight. They, they didn't even come close to how much Max Holloway threw. Max Holloway threw more in round four of his Calvin Cater fight than Tyron Woodley has his entire UFC career. So Max Holloway... Talk about a guy that's elevating his game. Talk about a guy that's trying to take it to a new level. But look, one thing I got to say about this specific matchup is Yair Rodriguez is not going to stand in the pocket and try to throw hands with Max Holloway. He's more of a kicker. He's going to stay on the outside. And I think he is going to get off on some kicks here. The only issue Shaq is that when he finally starts to slow down, because Yair style takes a lot of energy, slowing down against Max Holloway is the last place you want to be on planet earth. But look, I got to say this, Yair Rodriguez is not some pushover. He's 8-1 and one in the UFC. He's beat legit guys. I mean, back back in the day, he was already beating guys like Dan Hooker, knocking out guys like Andre Feely, mo- most recently knocking out the Korean Zombie, destroying Jeremy Stevens. So Yair Rodriguez is the real deal. It's just that to be the best, you got to beat the best, and the best is blessed. So give me Max Holloway to come out here and defeat Yair Rodriguez
1: yeah i mean i think pretty much everyone's gonna gonna have uh max as the pick but man i'll make a good case for yeah yeah man i think this matchup like i I get that he just teed off on calvin and uh, to be honest i i I, he was my pick in that calvin fight i definitely didn't think it was gonna get that ugly but you know i just think calvin i don't want to say is one dimensional but i mean you know what he's he's you know what he's gonna do he's gonna come with a high level boxing attack and that's what you gotta gotta uh, prepare for it he's nowhere as near has the weapons like a yair or the 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 stances just the the different type of weapons i mean spins and and kicks like he doesn't really throw kicks he just has good hands um so I think it's very easy, you know, to get off on that many punches when, you know, you know, the guy is just going to jab, be jabbing overhand right, straight right, left hook, you know, the the, the whole bit, man. So I'm not, I'm not trying to discredit the performance, but, you know, I think Calvin, you know, I think, I don't want to say his days are numbered, but um, I just think he's starting to get more figured out, you know, his, his performance against Dan Ige pretty much, you know, let me know everything I needed to know. Um, you know, he, couldn't finish Dan Ige or even, like, barely hurt him. So I was like, well, I know Calvin's not a threat to the title, man. And um, I feel like Yair is just just brings a lot more different aspects. I don't think there's any possible way he can he can just start getting off to – yeah, he can maybe get off to it in the third, fourth, and fifth rounds. But I honestly think Yair is going to pr- present a lot of problems in the early stages. Like, you don't know what this guy might do. Like, <laughs> this guy might do – uh like he can change the the course of a fight with one of these flashy things and I, I get some of those things are small are small percentage um you know things that you don't want to rely on but from a betting side of things it's yeah here are past pass for me um like i don't i would never play i mean look it is holloway i guess and y- you know he does his thing a lot but i wouldn't be shocked if some of those prior uh chin issues that people were worrying about come into life this fact like like I, I get the Calvin the Cal the Calvin fight was this whole amazing spectacle, man, but dude, he's not gonna get off on that many punches. Like I really don't think so. Like this you can't get off on punches like that when a, we don't when you don't know what the guy's gonna do. Like like I was saying earlier, you know what Calvin's gonna do every single fight. Like, um, I think that Yair can honestly come out here and and at least get on maybe even win the first round or, or, or two, like this guy, those hard kicks. Um, we haven't seen him for a while now. I know he did kind of fatigue against Jeremy Stevens, uh, that last fight. And yeah, that's fatigue a, from whooping his ass. Yeah. Like he dude, the fight should have got stopped. Like he was like, the fight should have got stopped. And he was like, dude, like, come on. Like, and you know, he fatigued, but he's still young, man. You gotta understand, like, there was a big period after that Frankie fight where he didn't where he hadn't fought, you know, with the whole contract issues and them them releasing him and resigning him back and all the beef with Dana White and stuff. And then he comes back, fights zombie, and then you know, Jeremy, you know yeah that was a two fight series i mean jeremy kind of you know you know what <laughs> you know what? the first one he jeremy didn't want to take that fade out there in mexico like that so he uh he got to wait again fight jeremy again i mean and you know jeremy pushed him and i mean that was a big you know that was that was a, a lot of emotions in that fight man i'm excited to see how this kid comes back man i, I always kind of felt like man he's kind of i don't want to say a dark horse but if he could just like figure out how to get better boxing and, and manage uh, and pace himself a little better with the kicks, man, that this kid could be a problem just because you don't know what he's going to do. Like this kid might though, but his kicks are so good. I think they're elite. Like, I don't think like, I think his kicks could offset things like, um, so we'll see, but of course you got to take Holloway. I mean, the punch count is a, is a, is a serious thing, but I think it should be line closer, man. I think this is a, a stretch, I think you know maybe minus three hundred, you know three like you know three to one favorite, four to one favorite, but damn seven to one favorite. Shit, like yeah, hasn't fought in a while, guys. Don't be shocked when he comes out here, you know, and, and gets off to a lead, like because I feel like Holloway, like but going into the the kids are fight, everybody was having these concerns, like you know blah blah blah, and then all of a sudden it's just out the way. But I, I was telling y'all going into that Calvin fight, Calvin is a great fighter but he is not a threat to the title man you cannot be a threat to the title with a one-dimensional attack and and I feel like that's why the that's the big factor why he was able to get off on 700 punches I mean kid ain't kicking he ain't shooting takedowns he ain't spinning he ain't you know what I'm saying so I'm gonna go with Holloway but I think it's gonna be a good fight a, a better fight than most people expect
0: yeah I mean I've never seen Yair Rodriguez in a boring fight and the same thing can be said for Max Holloway should be amazing while it lasts. Now Shaq, we got to talk about the fight to watch and the fighter to watch. So in your opinion, Shaq, what is the fight to watch for UFC Vegas 42?
1: Um, I think it's the welterweight fight by Aza versus chaos. You know, it's a crossroads fight because I think it's going to, you know, shape up uh, how these guys careers go from here on out. Um, Whoever wins this fight is going to get a big fight next and, I just, I just wanna. I, I see a lot of, you know, some of the like, like Baez and Chaos. Like they've been in real fights, but I see some certain welterweight prospects in that top fifteen that ain't really been in no top, you know, you know real fights. And 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 uh, and I feel bad for these guys like Chaos and Baeza who really have to prove. But you know, you got certain guys that get, you know, tailor made. Mac, shout out to the kids manager. I mean, you know, like. They uh they get these uh oh uh, you know, I know who you're talking about fights but hey if you got a good manager you got a good manager man so props to him um but uh you know these guys they're they're really no risk their careers early on which you know bad and good to that but that's my fight to watch.
0: Yeah, my fight to watch, I mean, is the Bantamweight showdown between Song Yedong and Julio Arce. I just know for a fact that there's zero chance that these guys are going to be humping each other, making the crowd boo. These guys are going to stand and trade until either one man falls or until it hits the judges' scorecards. It's going to be a very exciting, striking fight. I mean, you got the power of Song Yedong versus the technique of Julio Arce. It's going to be a great fight. Give me Song versus Arce as the fight to watch. Now, Shaq, who is your fighter to watch for UFC Vegas 42?
1: um my fighter to watch is going to be hmm, i'm gonna go with kennedy and and Zetchiku, man that's one of my favorite light heavyweights i think the kid i I mean we know his backstory i think he's getting better fight to fight this is a showdown first fight of the night too um you know nigeria versus um versus south korea so uh, he's my fighter to watch i think if he gets this one this is you can maybe give him a top 15 opponent um you know i think or you know some at least a top 20 what what is he rank so 25 six. yeah i think you can give him a top 20 opponent next if he wins this fight and you know nigeria they could always use some more stars we got you know um or africa in general but we got usman we got adesanya let's put though kennedy's name in there man
0: yeah and my fire to watch is actually in the main event yair rodriguez i mean look max holloway could have sat out and waited for a title shot after that unbelievable performance against Calvin Cater, but he opted to take this fight, which the odds don't say it's a risky fight, but if you know both these guys, you know that it's a risky fight. Yeah, Rodriguez can come out here. If he gets this upset against Max Holloway, not only will it be one of the biggest upsets of the year, but he's going to completely disrupt the title picture at featherweight. And then could you imagine a fight between him and Volkanovsky? So he's got one of the biggest opportunities, the biggest opportunity of his career presented in front of him this Saturday night. And he's the biggest underdog on the card. So for that reason, he is my fighter to watch. Well, Shaq, we did it. It's going down this Saturday night in Las Vegas, Nevada, live at the Apex. It's going to be a very, very fun card. Uh, Make sure you all follow Shaq at MMA Genius 05. Follow me at Best Fight Picks. Uh, Subscribe to Half the Battle on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Stitcher, Spotify. We truly appreciate it. Everybody smash the like button. This is episode 400 of Half the Battle. So Let's get 400 likes. Thank you guys very, very much for supporting us.
1: Make sure my veterans, make sure y'all turn up today, man. Make sure y'all, you know, get out there and have some fun. Absolutely. If y'all ever want to have some fun, come to the ATO. We we got a lot of
0: it. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Happy Veterans Day. You know, we're truly grateful, not just today, but every single day. So thank you guys so, so much. Shout out to our sponsors, Bud Crush and Prize Picks. We'll be back for the next card. So until the next time, let's cash these bets.